educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome aboard the Friday edition, the Friday Afternoon Club with Chef Kevin Shin. We'll get your weekend started, I promise. Uh, thanks for taking us along for whatever you're doing on this Friday afternoon. Boy, the smoke cleared out. Temperatures seasonal. Footballs tomorrow. Not here in Lincoln, but, uh, you know, that's coming next week. And uh, so, yeah, it is Friday, September 8th, 5, 10 p.m. Uh, say hello to Chef Kevin Shin. How are you getting on, Danny? <laughs> okay. I'm still in Ireland. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we, and we practiced our Ireland. Uh, we were at... Uh, uh, Irish Fest in yeah. uh, in Kansas yeah. City I last still weekend. I think we could do that. I think the team here at Pinnacle Bank and Pinewood, I think they could put on a rip-roaring Irish Fest because there's, there's green and going green. I uh, I got interrupted in my conversation, but I mentioned that to Tim, uh, Tim Savoy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this week, yeah. uh, the manager of uh, PBA. Well, we don't have uh, Rib Fest anymore, so yeah. Yeah. plant something in there. Yeah. Well, uh, say hello before we get any further down the road here, Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Hey, Dan. Good to be here. And uh, my goodness, I'm ready for this weekend to start off right with yeah, Friday Afternoon yeah, Club. I yeah, tell you what. Yeah. Well, we're glad we're, we're glad you're here, Johnny. We missed you last. Let's see. I forget. You were gone one day last week. Was it Friday? Well, so week? the funny thing is I thought about this earlier in the week, too, when you like, it's been a while. and. Well, yeah, because Thursday we didn't have a show. That's right. Friday it was gone. That's right. So it really had been a while. So, yeah, I, I missed Friday Afternoon Club last week. <laughs> well, let's get right to it, Chef. All right. What, uh, what are we drinking? Well, I got two bottles that I brought that are... Out of uh, the cellar. Out of the cellar, literally. Uh, they've been aged uh, quite uh, quite a few years. Uh, the first one is uh, mead. And the way you make mead is much like how you would make beer you have a fermentable sugar or starch and so you take uh, honey and you uh, dilute it to the specific gravity that you want to um, have as the end alcohol point and you ferment it so uh, we're going to try this yeah and pop this open and we'll see if it's any good or not. Yeah, yeah. It's all brand new to me. Uh, by the way, speaking of cellar, uh, I don't know if you happen to have listened yesterday, but you got a you got a call out yesterday on the show. We had Joel Green, oh, yeah. uh, from uh, uh, from uh, a robber's cave. Well, and I've got a, a tie into yeah uh, Joel uh, here on the next bottle. Okay, we'll save yeah, for, exactly. That's why save I save that for a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, okay, tell us about the the mead. So what, this mead, uh, I, um. It's a, it's different than anything you've probably had. It's not um, it's not beer like. Mm-hmm. It's not wine like. Mm-hmm. It's I think because of the 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 uh, pollen and the the earthiness of the honey that really really comes through whenever uh, it's fully fermented. Yeah. So we're gonna sip this. Mm-hmm. There's a there's almost an oakiness to it. Uh, it's very, mm. very. Um, that is different. It's much like the pasture, if I could say that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that I would share it with very many people, <laughs> except you it's and unique. Johnny. It's yeah. unique. Yeah. 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 How 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 is the bee colony doing? Uh, the bee colony is happy and healthy. 
They are not nearly as productive as they were last year. Okay. We attribute that to uh, a less productive queen because more, uh, the more eggs, the more bees, the more honey. And so this queen has not uh, produced as large uh, offspring as uh, we did last year because it, by this time last year we had harvested four and a half gallons of honey oh, wow. off of just about four months of production. Okay. So we'll wait until late October to fully harvest this year yeah we'll see, nice. what it, see what it comes out all right and option number two option number two yes mr if joel green is listening joel the uh, curator of the robber's cave experience uh this is uh, a bottle of the old outlaw series yeah. that we used to do uh at blue blood and this uh specific bottle is the grapefruit cardamom and this was this was my introduction into uh, sour beers because I was a little late to that party and and uh, didn't buy my ticket for that train. Um, oh, that's that's exactly how I remember. It. Yeah, yeah. So you've and had this. I've one. had this. It, it's probably it certainly aged for about six years, I would guess. Wow. But we used to age these down in the cave. Yeah. And yeah. along along with other stuff that we would ferment down there. And Joel loved that because. He could uh, point that out in as a part of his tour, but then I would always send him some samples of fermented pickles <laughs> or fermented sal- salami well, or pepperon. He he remembered that because he mentioned you yesterday yeah. on the show when we were talking about all the uses uh, that the cave has been, and so uh, yeah. Oh, this is yeah. yeah this but but this, uh, where this um, uh, opened my eyes was I I was really always slow to that that party, but. The sours. The sours. But when I realized I need food to go with the sour. Uh-huh. And so this particular beer was my first foray into, oh, there's the connection between a sour and a uh, a food, and it's specifically curry, because oh. cardamom you know, would be a common bridge flavor between okay. the, the beer and the... Uh, and the food very so, cool yeah very cool so yeah it was fascinating i i know i'd met joel before through you and and uh, blue blood and and i'd been on the tour a couple times but it's been a few years so anyway i hadn't spent much time with him but what a great young man and uh man he's found his niche mm-hmm. so yeah yeah he says you know people continue to uh you know he's he's showing he's given tours constantly yeah well i think it's it's an example of someone um who's passionate about something and that alone let them loose within that and it's going to attract people it it, you do not have to um how was it said uh you do not have to uh promote uh robber's cave uh joel attracts you yeah yeah and, well he he talks about uh cheryl crow uh came mm-hmm. to to robber's cave because they were in town a few years ago at uh at uh, out at the park and uh, uh he got a call and said the band wanted to come yeah. do a tour and so yeah he's he's and, he's doing great and what joel has tapped into is the power of story yes and that uh that location that site i i mean how many people in this town have a story connected to that place? I know it. Yeah. That's uh, 
not just a, a keg party or, or an underground <laughs> yeah, concert. Yeah. But, you know, Joel has extracted this history that you think that's in our little town here, buried un- underground on the south. Well, uh, in the mystique. I mean, that's, that's, that's the cool part about it because, yeah, uh, for most of its uh, life, uh, yeah, you couldn't uh, right. access it. Yeah. At least legally. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm really proud of what Joel is. Yeah. Has, very cool. Well, and we talked about 55 Degrees, the, the mm-hmm. parent company of mm-hmm. your uh, right. endeavor. Right, and, and we had, we had um, thermometers, refrigerator thermometers throughout the whole cave, and they all read about 55, 56 degrees throughout the whole, the, uh, the whole uh, facility. And that was my, uh, that is my website name, 55degrees.us, because really good things happen. Uh, when they sit and age for a while, nice. 55 degrees. Nice. Well, let's take this little break, uh, and we'll come back and and talk about some music. And uh, and coming up, uh, well, I'll save it. I'll save what's coming up. We're going to have some fun. Anyway, come back and join us here on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the favorite uh, show of of the uh, week, uh, the Friday Afternoon Club with Chef Kevin Shin. We'll start your weekend right. Uh, we're sipping on a little, uh, an old beer uh, from Blue Blood Brewing, uh, which occupied the space above Robber's Cave for a few years. And uh, uh, that, like, like a lot of adventures that uh, entrepreneurs try, uh, it didn't survive, uh, but Kevin was uh, a part of that project for a while and uh, and brought us an old Outlaw Series Barrel Room Reserve uh, from a few years back. And uh, the grapefruit, uh, how do you? Cardamom. Cardamom. Uh, limited to its core, this Barrel Room Reserve Ale is not only a rare release, but a rare brew. Uh, and so, thanks for yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, we that. kept those down in the cave um, at uh, a lovely fifty-five degrees. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> coming up on the second half of the show, uh, Mr. Caleb Henry, sports director for KLIN, we're going to preview the Buffs uh, Husker game for you uh, here in the second half of the show. So, stay tuned for that. If you've got a uh, uh, if you've got a Colorado story and want to join us, uh, we'd love to have you do that or anytime. Uh, 402-479-1400 if you want to weigh in uh, uh, on the show. Uh, Chef Kevin and I would love to, love to hear from you. So, um, so we talked about bees. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, the outlaw beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a song for us today? Yeah. 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 Uh, going back into the archives. Uh, this week and sometimes music gets a little stale for me i listen to music all the time um on my little spotify end of the year statistic i'm in um the 99 percentile of those who listen to music so nice 0.1 percent you're uh, getting your money's worth right 0.1 percent listen to music more than me (laughs) (laughs) so i went uh, i what i like to do is i go back through and i uh, I keep a, a year-long playlist of stuff that I've just come across. People have recommended we've heard in in Ireland. So I just go through and call through it and put it put it into the uh, I call it current mood playlist. And uh, this is one of those, Johnny.
Yeah. Groove. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, what I'm looking for with music is, is how does it make you feel? And, and how uh, does love, this make you feel? Uh, well, it, it sli- slides into a good groove, but the, the chorus is pretty cool. Uh, just be yourself. And I think that is an important uh, reminder every day. Don't don't try to be somebody else you're not. Just be yourself. Uh-huh. That's nice. Remind us who this is. Uh, it's a electronica band or a group called Morchiba. They uh, <laughs> they they had some really great kind of anthems in the in the nineties and the aughts that um, caught my attention. Yeah. No, you have. You keep me on my toes <laughs> with. Uh, New music. New old music. That's nice. Thank you, Johnny. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, music is such an important uh, part of our lives. And, yeah, we enjoyed. Man, how about those bands at Irish Fest in Kansas City last weekend? Yeah. And and that that festival alone, that's why I think, man, we've got to. Can we do that here? We've got an opportunity to do that. Because 20,000 people gathered for um, three days on uh, Labor Day. Uh, and centered around Irish music, yeah. and and if you've never been to an Irish festival or even a, an Irish themed concert, nobody's mad. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> no be. fights break out, man. Everybody's it's true. Everybody's happy and, and dancing, and yeah, it's really hard to uh, hard to be mad with the bagpipes and yeah. fiddle. Yeah. Well, as we transition into the new season, what's uh, what's cooking? How's the garden going? What's cooking? Which, uh, well, we're saying goodbye to the tomato plants this weekend. Oh, they, wow. They've kind of they're, they've got some green ones, so I'll pick those off, and we'll do fried green tomatoes in the coming week. Love that. Uh, but we'll make room in that spot in the garden for more greens. Uh, arugula grows well in the in the cool weather. Um, spinach, uh, frisee, any kind of any kind of lettuce. So, so do you have seedlings started for yes, those? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, because yeah. you have so, a little greenhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I will. And some on some varieties, I can probably harvest up until December, uh, and then what doesn't um, get used, I will mulch those in, winter them over, so by March, then I'll have fresh greens in my garden ready to go. Nice, yeah. nice. Overall, I assume it's been a, a good growing season. I mean, we've had timely rains. Yes, it, dry it early started season, out but... questionable because, uh, you know, I think people at early spring and March and early May were saying this is the driest driest uh, it was, yeah, spring May. we've ever had on yeah. record, and then here come the rain. And so... Um, the, what, the way I judge it is I don't have to water my lawn. That's that's when I know we've had good rain is I don't have to pull out the hose. And I don't like to do that either. I, I do water my vegetable garden, but I, I don't like to um, uh, dump water onto my, onto yeah, my grass. Yeah. So a full season still? I mean, you're a uh, full house uh, still for the yes. portico? Yes. Um all the way up until October 15th is when my last uh, official day of the season ends. And then I'll take a little break, do a little traveling, and then I'll come back and I'll do what I call Portico on the Road, yeah. uh, November through December, where I'll come to your house and and cook for you. And then um, January through March, uh, I settle into what I call the chef's table. And that's... Uh, Groups of four inside my house, uh, same kind of format, same extended um, offering. But then on Sunday nights is when I do what what I really, really like 
we did it last year. I call it the uh, the Portico Emerging Chefs. Yeah, lifting sun- up these yeah. uh, young chefs yeah. in the city. So yeah. on Sunday Sunday nights, they get to run their own menu in front of paying customers, and that's so and, cool. Yeah, that is so. And cool. I'm there, and so I'm their sous chef. Yeah, yeah. Dishwasher. Well, I guess it doesn't have to be young people. It could be anyone right. Uh, who right. who wants to uh, learn. Uh, well, culinary the culinary world. Yeah, the diff- the get difficulty as with any business is. Um, uh, you might have an idea, you might have passion, you might have talent, uh, but you don't have any money or you don't have any connections. And so where I f- like to come in is making those kinds of connections uh, to to people who, who have an interest in mentoring young entrepreneurs like young chefs. That's kind of my specific interest and um, giving them a, a chance to spread their wings a little bit so yeah. that's kind of my contribution to yeah. to that uh, that slice of the puzzle very cool yeah well stick around uh, coming up in the second half of the show after the news mr caleb henry uh sports director for klin we're going to review the uh, uh the husker uh, buffalo game uh, that's coming up tomorrow so stay tuned for that and uh yeah we shouldn't we shouldn't just limit Caleb to the morning show for crying out loud so he's going to stop in and and we're going to talk a little football in the second half so come back and join us after the news here on 1499.3 KLIN Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Friday edition. Uh, This is my favorite day of the week. I don't know about you, but uh, we get to let our hair down a little bit. We get to have a cocktail or uh, an adult beverage of some kind. It's the Friday Afternoon Club with Chef Kevin Shin, and we're glad that you could take us along for whatever you're doing on Friday afternoon. It's a short week, but, man, I packed it in. How about you, Chef? It was a a busy week again for me. Yeah, this uh, last month of uh, the Portico is, uh, well, one, it's the most beautiful part of the season because now the temperatures are like ideal yeah it's getting dark earlier the candles the lights the lanterns the uh, the uh, campfire it all adds to uh, a great absolutely great experience. uh remember if you miss anything you can always catch us on your favorite podcast platform anytime you like or just go to klin.com you can find us there as well uh and follow us on the twitter and the facebook we'd love to continue the conversation after the hour i just posted a picture of what we're drinking here this afternoon on the fac with chef kevin uh it's the outlaw series man it's from the cellar Mm -hmm. Uh, kevin saved it from the old blue blood brewing 
uh, days. And, there were some uh, good things that came out of that cellar, even yeah. though they uh, didn't... Um, they weren't legal for public consumption. Uh, me and Joel Green had our <laughs> had our fair share of enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and coming up on Monday's show, we're going to uh, invite our friends from Flatwater Free Press, as we always do on Mondays, uh, editor Matthew Hansen and reporter Yen Shi Su, and her second story uh, on Governor Pillen's uh, hog empire, uh, Pigs in Power. Uh, Yen Shi has written a story, Pillen's Water, High Nitrate Detected on Hog Farms Owned by nebraska's governor so we'll dive into that monday on the show so please tune in for that uh but i'm delighted hey this is uh the start of football season and buckle in buckaroos because we got one coming up saturday that's gonna have the eyes of the nation once again on husker football and so uh you know i wanted to talk a little husker football today and get uh, a little preview so who better than caleb henry sports director at klin we shouldn't hog him just for the morning show he can come out of uh, hibernation and come into the afternoon show. So welcome, Caleb. Thank you. There, there are a couple of notes on that intro. One, I can think of several people better, but I'm glad you settled for me. Um, and then way to work in hogging me after talking about Pillin. There you go. See? There you uh, go. That's what we do here. We try to do that. Well, and, and, and our friend Chef Kevin, uh, of course, he's a transplant. He's been here for 20, 30 years. How long have you been in Lincoln? 30, 33 years now. 33 yeah. years. But, you know. Oh, great. I'll be 33 in a couple months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, he, Caleb, he's an Oklahoma boy. Oh, that's fine. We're, we don't hold that against you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when I moved here 33 years ago and started meeting people, I found, uh, I met new friends and made new friends that knew more about Oklahoma football than I did. Mm-hmm. That was uh, an eye opening experience to come here and realize, wow. This tradition is rich here. Well, and and speaking about traditions and rivalries, we talked about this the other day on the show uh, of how Coach McCartney back, you know, 40 years ago made this the target, made Nebraska the target uh, to whip into a frenzy of the rivalry between Colorado and Nebraska. And so here we are again, history repeating itself. Uh, uh, Deion Sanders making, uh, putting a big... Uh, bullseye on Nebraska and saying, you know, we're coming for you. Yeah, when you when you go back to the the rise of Colorado, it was it was their coach saying, "Who's the big dog on the block?" and immediately point to Nebraska and getting the fans to go, "Okay, we hate them now. Everything is focused on beating them." Because remember, back with with Nebraska, it was if you beat Oklahoma, you're in the national title yeah. conversation. And yeah. and for Colorado, it was if you can compete with Nebraska. Things are going right. Not always beat them, but if you can, we're going to hate those guys. And if we can compete with them, and then they started to get a couple of wins in there as well. Ultimately, you know, a national championship. They knocked uh, knocked Nebraska out of what would have been actually the last time that they could have potentially won a, a Big Twelve championship. Yeah. Now, got to go get the uh, butts handed to them in the BCS title game against Miami, but you think about where things were, you just kind of point to that next guy up, and there, with the Pac-12 falling apart, and you assume Deion Sanders is going to be there more than a year, and they already had, like, these first two weeks being on Fox, it's you point to that big dog, and no, Nebraska hasn't been there, and you knew that TCU was going to be a little bit down, but you point to that, that guy that's sitting over there that has the big brand name, a win over Nebraska 
national television, potentially 10 million views, Gee, which would be the most viewed Nebraska football game over the last decade. Really? Um, outside of the, the Georgia uh, bowl game back in 2013. Wow. That, that one broached 11. So you've got it for Deion Sanders in Colorado, again, just like back when you saw the rise of Colorado. They're pointing at that big dog to give them a level of prominence that hasn't been there. Well, because I'm in marketing, public relations, I, I, I give Deion uh, Sanders uh, credit because he has whipped uh, that that state and that city and that team into a frenzy, and by golly, he delivered last <laughs> yeah. Saturday. Yeah, that, that, that's what it was. Now, I think there's a lot of things that ultimately Colorado had going for them. I think there are some blind spots that we all left for TCU on how how truly bad their defense was a year ago and how many people didn't come back from a bad defense that may be worse this year. Uh, in the morning show, I told Jack, TCU might have a bottom 10 defense in all of college football. Oh, my goodness. Wow. We'll, we'll have to see how that plays out, but Colorado came into the year Primed and built to play a Big 12 team, high scoring, get the ball into space. We'll see how they do if anyone can actually get physical with them. That's a place that Dion's teams had trouble with back at Jackson State. Well, and what an opportunity. I mean, my goodness, uh, we're going to find out uh, what Coach Rule is made of because to get these young men prepared for this game and to, and to strip away all of the hysteria in the focus <laughs> and just focus on that good luck um but what a what a great opportunity for coach rule and this team to make a statement tomorrow after tomorrow morning it's 11 yeah tomorrow kick. morning it's it's not even uh not even 24 hours away you're, you're coming up on what are we doing 16 hours a yeah. little under 16 almost 15 hours away so yeah that and that's the big thing so much oh, over the last several days after the colorado win over tcu has been about Man, Dion said they're coming and they're here. And and, and what? Where, how many Heisman hopefuls do they actually have? Are they are they a legitimate conference title contender? Can they make a push to the college football playoff? I don't think they can. I think it, if their real ceiling is going to be at seven eight wins. But that said, so much has been about well, Nebraska is not going to be in it. And you saw the the betting line flip from eight and a half before Nebraska's game last Thursday, all the way to now Colorado's favored by three. Hmm. And so when you have a line move that much, but with all the talk about Colorado, it's just three. It's not a touchdown. It's not ten points. That tells you a lot of people are looking at the matchup saying there are things in place that so Nebraska... The people who know. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the people who know and tend to know. But, but then again, without knowing a whole lot going into the year, Colorado was a 20-point underdog going into TCU. Jeez. Like, like there, there, are, there are those types of things where there are some screwy lines, but with one week of evidence, the smart people are saying, we can't make this line too big with, with Nebraska because there might be something coming out of week one that is advantageous for the Huskers, despite all of the, the Dion noise and how many people are going to want to jump on that hype train, if for no other reason than to not be on the wrong end of a receipt, <laughs> because apparently he brought those after the game last week. I think things set up really well for Nebraska in this game. And, and you heard Matt Rule talk during this week. The guys just have to make it football. There's all these other things happening. Yep. Just go out and make it football. So, uh, Chef, I'm curious of, of your thoughts because uh, that atmosphere. Well, first of all, what do we expect? Do we have any idea of how many red 
<laughs> shirts are going to be in that stadium because last time we played down there or out there, I mean, we packed that stadium. It was a home game. It was it was majority red. Yeah, I saw an article uh, just came across. Oh, well, the one from the Denver Post. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we we talked about that on the morning show yesterday, and we brought it up again on the Friday Husker yeah. tailgate this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a couple ways to look at it. That that one that writer is kind of a, a known Colorado hater. Okay. But that said, he talked with the site and they projected that there's going to be a 60-40 split in favor of Colorado. And his headline for it was that that was a win for Coach Prime, <laughs> which becomes the hilarious part of going, wow, a home game, mm-hmm. and you're giving up 21,000 seats, and that's a win for you guys. Mm. That same split in Memorial Stadium, let, oh my but let's see, say when, oh. uh, when Northern Illinois comes here in, in a week. <laughs> If Northern Illinois had 34,000 in Memorial Stadium, that's what that split would be. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there are some, some funny things on kind of where that is, and you never know how the algorithms work in the fact that there are a lot of Nebraska fans that are Colorado residents. Correct. So if you're just looking at where Correct. kind of the purchases come in on some of these seats, I got to imagine you're, even with the uh, their administration saying, keep the red out, don't sell to Huskers, we're going to make sure that we, we keep these guys out of here, we're not going to have a repeat of last time, you're going to get close to 50% in there. That's I think so you've cool. got to get close to 50-50 red in, in that place, if not more, despite all the hysteria around what what Colorado's doing with a, with a new head coach who brings a lot with him. Yeah. Well, we're going to take this quick break and come back and finish up. Caleb Henry, sports director, and Chef Kevin Shin. Join us. Come back. 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to the Friday edition of the show. We're so glad that you chose to take us along on this Friday afternoon because it is. It's Friday Afternoon Club with Chef Kevin Shin and special guest Mr. Caleb Henry Hello. from the Morning Show, Sports Director. We're talking. We're getting ready for the eleven o'clock kick. Get those bloody. We we could have done Bloody Marys too, Chef, <laughs> just to get us ready for yeah, the. Yeah, but this is yeah, yeah. That's all right. Mm, uh, yeah. So we're gonna get you ready. <laughs> do a little uh, preview of the Husker Colorado game. A kick at eleven o'clock. A big sports. Uh, Fox Sports, uh, their noon show, 11 o'clock uh, our time. My goodness, 10 o'clock. Uh, yeah, 10 time. o'clock in Boulder. What's that, what's that impact on those players, uh, especially uh, it a won't, new team? So for, for the players, at least for Nebraska's, because I don't know Colorado's practice schedule, I'm assuming that they will have been fine out there, but Nebraska practices in the morning okay. for the most part, and they, they do a midweek in the middle of the afternoon. For Nebraska's players, it it's not going to be any different at all. Yeah. They'll still be on 11 a.m. time here, mm. where a lot of them are done with practice at that time. Okay. So so okay. that that kickoff, yeah, it's going to feel early. The biggest impact that's going to have, how early do fans have to get up to tailgate? That that is honest. <laughs> that that's the biggest impact. If it is a Bloody Mary, or if it's if, if it's anything else that they're going to have going on, that to me is the biggest impact. That maybe you take a little wind out of the sails from the Colorado faithful. Well, and if we can strike early and and get a little momentum going and take mm-hmm. the crowd out and uh, yeah, well, let's break down the game. My goodness, uh, we got the sports director here, Chef. We might as well uh, <laughs> dive into this. And and Kevin, I know you're a big uh, college football fan, and so and and you said that you watched a series recently. Yeah, uh, I just watched the Netflix series. Swamp Kings and um, 
being a college football fan and getting to see behind the scenes is uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, but I will be the first to say I did not give Coach Prime the time of day. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. think um, a I, lot of like, people did. I just thought, is it just going to be all flash and show and, and uh, smoke and mirrors? But, boy, last last week's They've TCU game. Some players. Yeah, and I, I've said this a couple of different times because uh, folks are, well, why don't you guys like Coach Prime? Why don't you like Coach Prime? Because he's the coach of Colorado. That that it, uh-huh. it, yeah, if, right. if Trev Alberts would have hired Deion Sanders <laughs> to Nebraska, now I realize that's a culture shift, mm-hmm. a major culture shift mm-hmm. in Lincoln, Nebraska, yeah. for Deion Sanders to come here with everything he brings with him. He's bringing his Louis Vuitton. They, they've mm-hmm. got specially designed suits. I get all that, but if he was in Lincoln, he'd be our guy. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. know that would take getting yeah. used to for some people, but he would be our guy. Well, here's what I'm fascinated with. Again, from a public relations and marketing standpoint, isn't this the perfect time for someone like this with the NIL, the way college football is changing before our eyes? I mean, this is a remarkable time that we don't know what it's going to look like five years from now. And he may be positioned to just at the right place at the right time. Yeah. There, there, there were a lot of... Uh, advantageous opportunities for him at the time that he took it because he was able to bring some guys with him from Jackson State that were legitimate Power 5 guys. His son Shadur Sanders, who threw for a school record 500 yards last year against TCU. Again, porous, bad TCU defense, but you still have to make the throws and you still have to to complete them and and do everything that you can. Travis Hunter, two-way player, was the number one player coming out of high school in that class. Like So these are big-time players that he was able to bring with him because of the one-time transfer rule to dip into all of the yep. transfer portal, to see what he can do with name, image, and likeness that wouldn't have been available five years ago if he had that same opportunity. It's there in front of him now. But but th- those types of players, and that's going to be something that a lot of people are watching. Kind of, if, if you're just kind of the lay person, you're going to see the big flashy names and the athletes for for Colorado. And Nebraska obviously needs to stop those guys. To me, the absolute biggest matchup in the game Yeah. Nebraska's running game. Yep. If Nebraska can establish the run, you don't want to see Jeff Sims. Well, he, technically, they had 14 run plays that he was called up for. He's credited for 19 because he had a couple of scrambles yep. and three sacks in there as well. Jeff Sims running the ball. Can Gabe Irvin get 15 carries on the day? Can you find some of your guys in space and possess the ball? Because if we remember, there's new clock rules this year. So when you get a first down, the clock doesn't stop until you get within the last two minutes of the of a half. So how do we match? What's the best matchup for us? I mean, how do we match up on the line? For we, we're we're bigger. We're, okay. we're and I say we. Nebraska's bigger. Okay. That's always a tough part for me going between we and and where where we're at. <laughs> That's all right. Um, you're, you're sports director, but you're all, you're on the Friday afternoon club, so you just uh, yeah. There, there's you're some a fan. there's some fan in me as well. <laughs> um, yes, Nebraska matches up is bigger on on the line. TCU ran the ball for seven yards a carry. Wow. Without committing to the run. They also couldn't commit to the run. They had to throw the ball because that's how their offense is designed. If Nebraska can establish the run, it doesn't got to be seven. <laughs> if you could do four or five a carry, we'll take it. That, that sets you up to where you can continuously knock out first down, first down, possess the ball, as I was telling people, Big Ten West the hell out of this game to where it is just <laughs> yeah, slow yeah. and monotonous. The ball. And, the, and you have time of possession and your offense has the ball and their guys who score Wouldn't don't. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Wouldn't that be a statement that Nebraska football has figured it out and we're back? And, and that's what Matt Rule wants to do. Exactly. 
So so that that's the biggest thing. Nebraska's defense matches up better with Colorado's offense than TCU's defense, even though they both run the three three five. So three down linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. And Nebraska has better athletes on that side of the ball. So limit their offense and hold the ball as much as you can when you have it, Nebraska. Keep their play my playmakers off the field. That's the number one thing. If Nebraska's offense can't get going and it gets into a shootout, I don't like Nebraska's chances yeah, at that point. Yeah. So how do we match up in the backfield then on defense? I mean, can we can oh, we keep Omar, up with these so guys? So Omar Brown played tremendous last week, and he he's a Minnesota guy. And as a matter of fact, he got some of our helmet stickers this morning. I think there was only one target on Quentin Newsom. Now Shadur Sanders and those guys they will target Newsom, who I who has all Big Ten capabilities back there. You've got a lot of guys. Um, that that are in this secondary that can match up really really well. Now, to me, it's not so much the secondary; it's Nebraska's linebackers that are going to have to do the most yep. defending on that, as well as up front. Can you get pr- pressure on Shadur yeah, Sanders, can the quarterback, we get at it? Yeah. because he did not move well last week? Okay. He was sacked a couple of times. Even with TCU's bad defense, they got to him a couple of times. Nebraska's going to have to get some pressure. I think you're going to have to have three or four quarterback hurries and probably. See if you can get to four or five sacks, because he's not going to move well. Nice. Right, we're visiting with Caleb Henry, sports director for KLIN, and Chef Kevin Shin here on your Friday afternoon. We'll send you off into your weekend ride on the Friday Afternoon Club. Well, Chef, uh, um, do you have a word for us today? I, I do. Um, my writing is... I, I, I approach my writing like I approach my food, and I used to call it simple, but uh, I now refer to it more as minimalist <laughs> because uh, simple somehow doesn't uh, uh, doesn't communicate or translate, so I'm always trying to find the right words. But um, as a writer and as a, as a cook, I'm, what am I doing? What am I trying to do? And uh, I've finally figured out uh, what I do, and this is how I – uh, articulate it. I don't seek to inspire through my writing. I'm only trying to open a window and let in a little fresh air for us all to breathe a little easier. Nice. And remind our listeners where they can find it. You're on Instagram. Is yeah, my, my channel of uh, choice. My prime uh, social media outlet is uh, Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at Chef Kevin Shin. It, there's a whole list of uh, creative content at my website 55degrees.us there you can find my other writing my blog my music um all some other audio and encourage you to go very good follow me there thanks chef Caleb, thanks, my man, for Absolutely. jumping in and thanks, previewing the show. Uh, the I game. say 2721 Nebraska, by the way. 2721, mark it down, folks. <laughs> All right, that's the show. Have a great weekend. Now go do good things here on 1499.3 KLIN.